0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the Catch Kate podcast. This week we are on episode 11 in season 2 and we are going to be arriving into Croatia. I really, really loved Croatia. I flew there from Ireland a few years back into the north... um, northwest i suppose uh into sadar and i worked my way through a couple of islands and then finishing up in dubrovnik i absolutely adored this country and the reason i went there first was because i saw a picture of its national park well one of its many national parks and i just was like i have to get to this place unbelievable think about like waterfalls, cascades, river valleys, like forests. Amazing, amazing. Um, And then the islands, I did some um, climbing up a mountain, the highest one in the Adriatic, so absolutely class. Um, Some blissful like blue sapphire coloured water beaches and um, some partying as well like there's one island that's very famous for partying and then of course Dubrovnik and a lot of these places as well are actually UNESCO heritage sites so Croatia really like should be on your to-go list it is an absolutely amazing country for nature so before we begin I would like to say a thank you to the patrons who support this podcast if you can support this podcast I would really appreciate it and you can um, join over on patreon.com slash catchkate and help me keep this podcast going um, because if you do enjoy it uh, I would love to continue it and yeah let's get going for today's adventure. So I arrived into Tzadar, uh in the northern part of the country And my main goal really for getting here was to get out to Plitvice National Park. And again, it is a UNESCO site, so it's well-renowned. And if you just type it in online, you will just be blown away. The colours of the waters there, it's just unbelievable. So it's like a forest reserve and you have even, yeah, you even have caves there, You go hiking, like the hikes are pretty long. So you'd get a bus out there in the morning from Sadar. And it was a few hours, if I remember correctly. Um, And yeah, it's it's one of the most renowned national parks in the country. So a lot of people would actually venture up that side of the country. Um, And as well, just like loads of limestone, loads of um, wooden pathways made throughout the rivers and lakes and it's just amazing like I was blown away by the colours um so scenic so calm so tranquil and I couldn't believe I made it there you know when you look at a picture and you're like I want to get there but like now I've done it so many times and then you get there and you're like whoa like amazing um it was very hot as well the time I went um so yeah I I was pretty roasted there. I remember going under some trees for some shade a few times. And again, like bring plenty of water. But Plitvica for sure should be on your bucket list. Um, And yeah, it was one of my very first solo trips actually. So I was a little bit nervous going to Croatia. Um, I didn't really know what to expect. Like I booked a hostel and I also booked an Airbnb and then some other kind of places. But um, I had a mixture, you know, but I was very, like, fearful. Like, I wanted everything booked beforehand so it would all go to plan. You know, I was, yeah, I was really nervous. But I stayed in a hostel in Tsadar and it worked out really well. And I remember being in the room with, like, two floors, maybe eight other people. And I was really nervous, you know, for my first time, really and even getting like the taxi from the airport the first night I had it arranged and I was like freaking out in the taxi I was like what if he doesn't bring me to the place what if he takes me away you know all of these thoughts but um to go from that to hitchhiking across Latin America was a huge step you know but it's it's done little by little step by step you know so Sadar as well is a beautiful beautiful city and I actually loved it there. I did like the walking tour there and it's well worth it. You get to visit like churches, cathedral, monasteries. Um, you get to go along the seafront. The seafront is amazing. Like there's boats in there at night. You can watch the sunset. It's absolutely stunning. Um... And again, like the walls around this city are UNESCO site as well. And the gate actually to get in dates back to, you know, 15 something. So it's really, really old and historical. And it's just a really pretty city, you know. Um, I remember being in the square and, you know, I was alone on the um, the walking tour and, you know, trying to get to know people, trying to like make friends, you know, for my stay and, that's why those walking tours are always good because you always meet people um but I remember having like we stopped off at the people's square and they had like music playing and just people having ice cream and pizzas and all of it like really really nice and cozy and I remember thinking like oh like this is lovely you know like watching the music with the group of people like I finally felt like relaxed and safe and that I was with like nice people who weren't going to like rob me or something you know um and then like our guide brought us into the market and he was so lovely like even the ladies in the market were giving out free tasters of fruit and veg and they were really sweet you know like no you know it just had a really good feel you know so I went back there again to get fruits and stuff but there was amazing fruits you know and they're very popular with like vineyards and olives and all of that, so yeah, it's really kind of Mediterranean, you know so after Sadar, I headed down for the islands. I wanted to get out to an island called brac um so you can look that up as well. It's absolutely amazing island and less visited than some of the other places, um, such as Havar, Corkula. Um, but amazing. I loved Brac and I really wanted to get there because it had the highest, we'll say summit on the Adriatic, um, islands. Um, so there's like a mountain there you can go up and it's just under 800 meters. Um, and, and think about it now, like in Ireland, our, our mountains are, you know, a thousand meters maybe, and you're going up it in the cold, but over there it's so hot. So, um, it's a different kind of climb, you know, and Brack Island as well is quite dry. So like I remember going up the train and um, the hostel I had stayed and they were like, oh, you like you should definitely go up at like, you know, six or seven in the morning, like get going, but sure, I didn't get going until about eleven. <laughs> and I was right in the midday sun going up, it, which wasn't the best option. Um, but to get to Brac, I actually got a bus down to Split, which is another big city. Um, but I didn't stay there. I just, I just wanted to get out to the islands, to the nature, you know? So I got a ferry out there. Um, and yeah, it was really quiet place, really calm. My hostel alright wasn't the best. There was like four of us in one little tiny, tiny, tiny room. And it was so bad that two girls who stayed there left the next morning at like 8am. They were like, we're not staying here. So that will just tell you that it wasn't the best. Um But all in all, you know, you get over it. You meet people. And yeah, you kind of get along with it when it's only a couple of nights. But the, the mountain summit I went up, I... I met like very few people going up it and I was a bit nervous at times because I thought, oh my God, like I hope I I hope I hope don't like get lost or like I hope I meet somebody up here, you know. Um, but like when I got towards the summit then um, I met, there was quite a few trees up there you could get under for shade but I was like running out of water then and... Oh, but they have actually these like, um, I think they're like in them I think they might have been endemic pine trees you know they were really unique to the flora and fauna one of the hostel people told me that afterwards um but I did actually meet I remember a group of like American women and I remember they had like flip-flops on and I was like oh I'm gonna be fine I was like when I saw them going along in flip-flops I was like oh this will be a doddle um so that was quite interesting but when I got to the top after the view over the island and the whole Adriatic was sensational and I met loads of other people up the very summit then and I asked a couple of people to take photos for me because obviously I was traveling alone I had nobody to take photos so I would take pictures for a couple and then they take it for me and um as well on that island there's a beach it's a famous beach it's called like Slatney rat it's like I just remembered it because it was called like rat beach you know um but it's basically like another word for it was like the golden cape or the golden horn because of the shape of it um and it's very famous beach you know so you can actually look up a picture of that if you like um amazing and see the colour of the water so the the beach is so unique in that the way the tide comes in and out with the waves it changes the shape of the beach so it's kind of almost like um, a cape um, a cape looking formation but then it changes shape depending on which way the tide comes in and the wind and erosion and all of it Um, and it's like from from the summit of the mountain peak You can see that and it's just, oh my God, it's so dreamy um, and amazing. Um, Yeah, and the island as well, it has like, it's one of the highest areas with olive trees. So they have something like half a million olive trees. So if you're going out to eat there, there's lots of fish um, because, again, there's big fishing community and then lots of um, olives as well. So loads of olive oil and wine, again, is a big thing. Um, so yeah and that beach as well like when you when you walk out there from the town it's quite a bit of a walk a little bit of a trek Um, and if it's hot it can be even harder but there is vegetation on the way out like kind of trees again so you can kind of be under them but it's just really natural there I I really loved it there Um, and definitely would recommend going out there and you can do some snorkeling and I stayed on the beach for a few hours and It was the kind of heat that you had to kind of go in and out of the water a few times because it it got so hot, you know. Um, But again, really worth it. And I actually... It was so funny because the girls who had left the hostel because it wasn't, you know, a good standard. I remember I met them down the beachfront one evening and um, I actually ended up going for dinner with them. And we all had... um, the local fish that had come in that day and it was amazing it was like the most tastiest dinner ever and it was so like um so cheap as well you know and we kind of went dancing that night and just had a bit of fun um yeah such a lovely place and I also did some hiking around the other side of the island like opposite where the mountain was and again just loads of other little beaches and yeah just it's very natural place lovely place. So after Brac I made my way to Havar and Havar is a super super popular island um, spelled H-V-A-R um, and it's super popular with like partiers so when I was going there I was like oh my god like is this going to be crazy um but when I arrived it was so funny because I'd been in such a natural calm place that when I arrived and there was like this big huge kind of nightclub where our boat pulled up and it was just like boom boom like just crazy mad music everybody wearing white lights drinks you know I was just like I've landed in the party island um so that was kind of funny but the most interesting thing was at the time um, I was working with um, a lovely girl in Apple at the time, Dominica and I met I actually, it was so funny we ended up on that island at the same time Um, so very unique so we got to meet up um, so that was really nice to have that experience when you're travelling alone to meet people you know um, just for that safety net you know um, so I met Dominica and Sarah, um, who, um, are both lovely, lovely girls. And I checked into my, I, I actually had an Airbnb in Havar. I checked in there that night and they had their own Airbnb as well. A gorgeous Airbnb under this arched wallway. It was amazing. Um, and Havar is really pretty as well. So pretty. Like these, these places are just they're so old and rich in culture and heritage they're just gorgeous um so I remember meeting them that night and it was just so so lovely to meet people that I knew and to feel kind of like because when you're on your own it's it's hard like you know um but again as I said it was my one of my very first solo trips so I really um I really was new to it you know Um, so I met them and it was lovely and we went out that night we had a gorgeous dinner actually we had again there was fish came in from the ocean front and we had the lovely local wine and amazing and then and then and then and then we went out that night and it was the biggest party I had in a very long time it was mad absolutely mad um just crazy nightlife you know like bar to bar to bar shots like crazy music music and then it ended up being like you know two in the morning and we were on this boat to another island off of that island I was like where are we even going it was so funny it was actually loads of fun um so we ended up in this other island at like 2 3 a.m in the morning until the morning um and on that island then there was literally like a bar was literally like a bar nightclub kind of a thing that was it like there was no residence it was just literally a piece of land off of Favar Um, and just for party goers just to go mad so we were dancing we had beers yeah it was crazy Um, we met all other party goers so it was great fun Um, something that I haven't done in a very long while Um, so it was a bit mental And then um, we came back in the morning then early in the morning um, and we came back on the boat and Jesus, we were having the time of our life like um, and yeah, we went to bed, but like we didn't get up the next day till late, you know, so we kind of missed a lot of the day. But, you know, you're just so exhausted, like, you know, but we did um, we did actually find another beach in Havard that next day so we didn't waste it fully and we went swimming and I remember we went up to a local cafe and we had like a coffee and we had like this fig cake I'll never forget it because I was like going on about the figs for ages I was like I can't believe and she was like yeah the fig tree is out the back so we had this most amazing fig cake and I just like like it tasted so good I remember it right now you know when you get that um that taste for something and it blows your mind like you always remember it um you all you you do always remember because even in Portugal once I had a Airbnb on the seafront down near Faro and we again had a fig tree and the the tree was empty by the time we left the house (laughs) unfortunately we kind of devoured the tree um but just like you know, because we don't have figs here. And then you find them abroad and you take it off and it's so juicy and amazing and delicious. So, yeah, that was the highlight of our a hangover day, I suppose. Um, but then um, we also rented a car on one of the days and we went over to a beach called Safala. We had to go through like a tunnel. We went all across the island um, to the other side and it's like a small fishing village again we had like a lovely um kind of tapas style lunch it was amazing again all coming in off the coast the food and the local farms and we also visited and like an abandoned village like really high up like really high up in the like we'll say highlands um it was called humak and it was just abandoned and it was an old site um from like 5000 BC so super 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 old and all the buildings were like half falling down and yeah it was just incredible to walk around there and just feel lost in this old style remind me of like the famine villages in Ireland you know um but yeah that was pretty amazing um but Havar really is this they call it like the queen of the islands because it's the most one of the most visited but there are other ones that are like amazingly rich in nature you know like Corkula was another one but I never got to it um and there's just yeah there's some amazing places um I also went up to uh kind of like this fortress in Havar like you can walk up these steps um and you you kind of like make your way up it's it's it can be a bit narrow at the top cuz there's quite a few people go up but when you get up the top you get again like a massive view over the coast and all beautiful other islands you can see and yeah again it would just take your breath away it's so pretty um so yeah so that was havar so after havar i made my way on the boat again towards Dubrovnik and Dubrovnik I think everybody knows and again you know being a city I wasn't like the most keen but you know I said I'll add it into the trip and give it a shot so it was kind of sad leaving my friends but um they were venturing on to discover some other islands and yeah but it was lovely as well, you know so off I went on my own again and Yeah, I had um, actually had again booked an Airbnb in Dubrovnik and it was a treehouse. Like I remember booking it. I was like, this is going to be class. So it was like a treehouse inspired room. So like when you went into the room, it was like the wall had like um, kind of like trees and leaves on it. And then like you could like climb up to this like little treehousey thing. And it was like it was like living in a jungle it was actually amazing and then I had a small little like window that I could look out and see the whole seafront of Dubrovnik with the walled um fort again so absolutely gorgeous you know but again like when you stay in an Airbnb it's so hard to meet people because you're there on your own unless you stay with a family who are like really open and want to hang out or you know but, yeah, so I decided, again, I would do, like, a couple of walking tours and try and meet people, you know. Um, So, again, actually, um, Dubrovnik is a UNESCO-walled city. So, yeah, again, um, another renowned place in, in Croatia. And, like, Dubrovnik has had famous people come all the time. Like, it's so well-known. Um, So it can be pricey, depending on where you go. And of course, I think, wasn't it, um, Game of Thrones, if I'm correct, was filmed there. So, yeah, there was a big kind of obsession about that. Like many people go there to witness where the movie scenes were held and all of that. And I think that just carries a lot of um, tourism in there as well, you know. And the city itself, like on the walking tour, we got to visit all the different types of churches, like Gothic, Renaissance, Baroque, like all the different styles and go up the winding streets and the cobbled alleyways. And just, it's super cute there. Like you'd go up an alleyway and you'd just find this gorgeous little cafe or um, winery or pizzeria or just amazing. And then I actually, I actually didn't meet... um, that many people on the walking tour I think everybody just went their separate ways but it was really nice afterwards because I decided to go off my own and I found this little um, I found this little kind of winery up an alleyway and I went in and I sat down and I had a glass of wine and I got my book out and I was writing some bits down from my travels like journaling and these two girls came up from Scotland and they were so lovely and they sat down just opposite me and at the time I remember it just started lashing so basically we were all stuck inside there until the rain left you know um, so I was stuck there anyways and they were stuck there and we just got chatting and they were telling me they were from Scotland and I was them from Ireland and yeah we got to know each other then and it was really nice And I ended up hanging out with them and we went walking after together and they were kind of intrigued that I was alone and I was, you know, I was really keen to hang out with them. So that evening then we actually, yeah, we hung out loads. We went out to the walled part of the city and we went out, we could see like basically the ocean. It was amazing. And we found this like bar, cafe on the edge of the wall where like the water is literally right in front and there was music and yeah, just that real Mediterranean feel. It was lovely, Um, really kind of romantic in a way, you know. Um, And then we went there and then we were back into the city and we were just kind of going pottering around, going to different places. And then we kind of got hungry for dinner later and we found a gorgeous restaurant again um, Mediterranean food and like again there was music and just a real nice atmospheric kind of feel calm and yeah and those girls yeah we we kind of got each other on Instagram after and Facebook and stuff and it was really lovely to finally meet and get to know people and hang out because it can be hard when you're traveling alone um, so yeah It was uh, a lovely, lovely little escape in Dubrovnik. Overall, I found the Croatians to be really, really, really nice people, um, really friendly, easygoing, kind. And I didn't like traveling there alone. I didn't have any difficulties. I only had one little encounter when I was in Plitvice, the national park with the waterfalls, the famous one, just that some guy had come over and offered me a spin. Back to like Zagreb or Zadar, and I was like, "Mm, no, thank you. And he asked me like a couple of times, and I just said no, like you know. But that was the only real thing, really. Everything else went perfect like my transfers to the airport, um, the hostels, Airbnbs, all the cafes. It was just overall, even going up the mountain on my own, um, it was just perfect, really. No issues whatsoever. And I was wandering all the time alone um and it was so funny as well actually when i did go up that mountain i remember meeting people up there who had driven up there in vehicles and they were like where did you come from you look like you've been walking and i'm like from the bottom so a lot of people actually do end up driving to that mountain top on brack in case you didn't want the hike but um yeah, I think some people found it really funny that I had actually hiked and they just drove up really easy, simple, get the picture. But for me, I was like, no, nah. like I'm doing the climb. Like this is what it's about. This is the adventure. This is the excitement. And this is like the reward, you know, getting to the top and pushing yourself and getting the view then. It was amazing. So I suppose I should fill you in on what's going on around the farm. Um. So this week I've been having issues with wasps. Um, Like there was a couple around the last few weeks and now I'm just seeing more and more. And when I like give a peek into the top of the hive, take off the roof, I'm seeing wasps and I'm like, oh, sugars. So I asked today on a poll on Instagram, can I get some help? And one guy advised to make a bottle with uh, sugar, water, syrup or something like water with jam, water with honey and attract the wasps in, and then they drown and die. But part of me is just like, oh my god, that's so cruel, you know? Um like to go and kill wasps, you know. But part of me then is like, I don't want my colony to die either. Like I don't want their honey to be taken, you know, I, I want them to survive throughout winter and if the wasps keep going in stealing the honey, like they've been on my honey jar in the kitchen as well, so I've had to hide the honey jar. Um so, yeah, so if you're listening and you've any tip for me to do it in an ethical way, let me know. But I think that's what a lot of beekeepers are doing. So I've seen the pictures of the bottles full of dead wasps. Um, and yeah, I um, I feel for all creatures. That's my issue. But, you know, if I have to save the colony, then I don't know, maybe I will have to do it. Um So that's the bees and I got my beehives as well in the post, in the post with a courier. So very excited about putting them together. Um, The only thing is like they're in like a bazillion parts. So I'm not actually sure where to start. (laughs) Um, So that'll be a new task for me now. But um, again, just a big thank you for me for anybody who supported my business because it's allowed me to purchase the beehives. Um, In other news, my book um my book wild adventures yesterday i ventured up to the folks who own alchemy coffee shop in cork city and they've been in cork for like many years and they are now going to stock my book which is very exciting and i absolutely love their coffee store they have just divine coffee and the most amazing cakes like vegan cakes like if you look on their instagram have a look and look at the their insta stories of all their cakes and their cooking oh my god like I remember having one made of courgette the last time and I was like oh my god this is delicious so um definitely check them out and um yeah there my book will be in stock in that coffee shop very very soon and in other news on the nature front the there's been like a great sense of um I don't know, like maybe like birth, death um, in the well, in the tunnel, really, and the vegetables, because like a lot of my stuff is slowly dying off. Like the cucumbers have slowly been dying off and the tomatoes and some of them got blight even um, and the courgettes are dying off as well. Um, So it's real. um, You know, we're coming into October now, so it's real it's it's so funny because like you 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 sow the seeds and you wait and you wait and you wait and you get everything ready, and in spring you're working night and day, you know night and day getting stuff ready and the weeds and all of it, and then next thing you have all this abundance of food and you have to eat it all um and then next thing it just starts disappearing, and you're like, oh wait, no, it's stopping, it's finishing, you know, and it's amazing how you can just get used to having that available to you, like your own little shop um where nature just provides everything um and it definitely is a lot of work, like you know if you've a busy if you've created a busy lifestyle like it's it's it would be hard to maintain unless you leave it go wild, you know so um but I did get to harvest something very, very exciting this week. I got to harvest watermelons, which was just. I couldn't believe it like I actually couldn't believe it because last year I grew them and they just failed on me but this year I grew them I cut it and it actually developed like the fruit developed it was pure potent red inside with loads of seeds and it was so delicious I couldn't believe how sweet and juicy it was but like throughout the whole summer like I was watering it loads and loads and loads and um, so that was really exciting And I also um, this week have noticed my butternut squash have come on massively. So they've and they store apparently for ages. So that'll be great to have them done. Um, But I'm slowly saying goodbye to my cucumbers. That's a bit sad. Um, But sure, that's the laws of nature. And it's really interesting as well. You know, if we look at um, in season produce like you know, if we lived the way we lived, like our ancestors, like we wouldn't have had tomatoes in winter. We wouldn't have had strawberries in winter, you know, like I only had strawberries for about four weeks, you know, but because of our shop, on-demand lifestyle, everything's available all the time. So we have that disconnection from nature. We don't actually understand how and and how often and when things are produced. And if you think of your body as well, like, it It is adapted for nature, like what nature provides. So right now we have blackberry, like blackberry is our fruit in the Northern Hemisphere right now. Like we should be eating blackberry and there's apples as well, you know. Whereas like if you look at what we go into the shop then and then we're picking up blueberries and we're picking up strawberries and we're picking up all sorts. Of, actually, there's raspberries as well at the moment. So like you have to look at it as well like that in the sense that like do we need those, do we need that food when we choose in season because realistically that if there was no air travel imports we wouldn't really have that food you know we wouldn't have it um so it's really it's really actually interesting to eat in season um and I think it's um it, it gives you a lot of gratitude as well you know because for me if somebody has blueberries then or something I'm just like oh wow this is so special you know and, and like a treat because I didn't grow any blueberries and, and when I had strawberries I only had them for a month so it is really like a treat but our on-demand lifestyle makes it seem like they're not like that they're just always there you know it's like oh there's so many of them everywhere it's no it's not true and I called down to my neighbor as well the other day she's a grower and we had some lovely chats and we were talking about our produce and we swapped some bits as well And she gave me a lovely corn in the cob, which was super tasty. I never grew corn this year. um, But um, yeah, who knows? But I did it last year and it was lovely. Um, It's just when it's it's it can be hard to manage, you know, like it can really when you try to grow everything, it can actually just take over you, you know, take over all your time. Um, And yeah, and as well, the caterpillars, they got my kale, like loads of it. And a couple of the stalks have just fallen down. But I just kind of was happy to leave them at it. I just thought, you know what, I'll just eat it all. (laughs) I was just like, just have it. Um, So that was kind of funny. So yeah, I suppose this week, um, a good tip would be to check in with yourself, your nutrition. And if you actually eat in season, or do you understand what's available each season, in your climate, in your, the hemisphere that you live and like try to choose local, you know, like when you're picking up, like if you look at your shop and you're seeing like, you know, from Tunisia, from Thailand, from Morocco, from Argentina, like those air miles are big carbon, like, you know, they're big, it's a big carbon imprint. So, just have a look at that and like if you go to a farmers market you'll know what's in season because the stuff is coming off the farm, you know. Like at the moment I still have cabbages and um potatoes and beetroots and you know turnips and onions and these kind of things, you know, and sometimes yeah, like it could be it could seem boring to have only certain produce available but at the same time like you can make so much variety out of it as well like you can make pickles or you can add your own little sauces or whatever um but it's definitely worth it because you don't really know what's coming across in the airplanes and all of that you know and I'm not perfect by the way like I do buy stuff that's imported for sure like I buy bananas and and that kind of stuff so um, it's just to become a little bit more aware of it and just kind of really question okay like could I eat in season a bit more, you know? So, folks, I leave it there for this week. I hope you enjoyed Croatia, its UNESCO sites, its National Park, its beautiful mountains, its party islands um, and, of course, the wall city of Dubrovnik. Um, Yeah, I hope you enjoyed it. Let me know if you've been there and if you enjoyed it. Um, Again, if you like this episode, give it a share. And if you have any feedback, I would love to hear back from you or any suggestions for a podcast you would love to hear about. Um, yeah, don't forget to get out in nature, hug a tree, walk barefoot, eat in season, swim in the sea. Get all those healthy, natural vibes because that's what your soul needs. Um, and yeah, keep doing the work, guys, and I will talk to you all very soon. Have a lovely day and an amazing weekend. Ciao.